0: Hello and welcome to Grace Church Vienna. During some of the sermons over the last weeks, we heard more about the difference of real faith and fake faith. Even though both of them look similar on the outside, only one can save and change our lives. So how can we make sure we don't build our beliefs on an illusion? What is true faith not? And what are some of the signs that we really have faith? Join us today for this sermon to find out more. Good, so you heard the topic already. <laughs> real faith that works. Actually, the, the second part, the real faith that works, there will be two different um, approaches to that. Because only one faith works, and also it causes works, as we will see later on. Okay, so good morning once again. Um, when it came to finding out uh, what topic I would choose for, for today's sermon... Um, I was inspired by Johan van Dam, who preached here some weeks ago and also in June. And those of you who were here that Sunday, do you still remember the flowers he brought? Okay, he had two flowers, remember? Okay, and well, from a distance, they both looked beautiful. They would look nice. But when you get closer, only one flower was real. And the other one was just made out of plastic, if you remember that one. Um, And... Yeah, only one was really the, the life flower. And real faith only comes with a, rela- with a relationship with God through Christ. And a faith without that is dead like the plastic flower we saw that Sunday. And actually, that's basically no faith at all. Today, we live in a world where almost anything can be faked. Right now, you can see people with faked Rolex watches... Um, you see ladies walking with fake handbags. I don't name any <laughs> brands there now. No product placement. And yeah, the, it's not only a fake bag, but maybe it's also made of fake leather. Um, yeah, you have fake meat. You, I, ha- I had a person once telling me he worked for a, a company that was producing chairlifts, like for the skiing resorts. And they went to another country, and they found out that they also had chairlifts of his, of his company. The problem was they never sold anything there. It was a fake As well, Um, yeah. You can even fake videos of people, make them say something they never, they never never did, or appear somewhere they never appeared. And usually, fakes come for a cheaper price. You can even improve your appearance with fake. You can have fake fingernails. (laughs) If you look at my dad, (laughs) fake hair. Beautiful. Um, If you look at myself, you might find some fake teeth there. Um, Yeah, and there are many other body parts you can fake nowadays. Uh, And, yeah, we even have fake news, fake friends, fake identities. And sometimes the fake works quite well, but, but not in all situations. When it comes to faith, one thing is for sure. You need real faith and not fake faith, as Johan pointed out that Sunday. Otherwise, it doesn't work. Everything else is, is useless, basically. If your faith is your life will be thrown away, and you better spare all the efforts and the sacrifices that come with it. Faith has no power. No power to change your life. No power to save you. No power to answer your prayers. No power to transform your life. When your life doesn't work right now, when we're in the... Uh, corona crisis, and we experience that a lot. Also, the faith work won't work either. Um, Today, we'll take a look at the book of James in chapter 2, and there we find a section that describes the difference between fake faith and real faith. Uh, Let's read the whole passage right now at the beginning, which is in James 2, verses 14 to 20. And by the way, if you didn't bring any any uh, pen to make notes, you can still do that, make your notes in the Bible app. If you download the Bible app from you version and you go to events and you search for Grace Church Vienna, you will find all the verses for today and the sermon outline there, and you can also make notes there. So James two fourteen to 20. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? If you believe that there is one God, good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. You foolish person, do you want evidence that faith without the deeds is useless? Um, at the first glance, it might seem that James is contradicting Paul, who wrote many of the other books in the New Testament. But if we, I mean, and if you're familiar with Paul's teaching, you might know the emphasis is that Paul puts on, on works and faith and... Um, yeah, becoming a believer by grace alone. Um, but if you take a closer look there, they don't contradict each other, but they actually complement each other. You can see how they complement each other in this charge that you also find in the outline. Okay? There we have um, Paul when he's writing, um, and he's, his emphasis is on how to know I'm saved, while the emphasis here of James is how to show I'm saved. Paul's focus when he writes about faith is on the root of my salvation, which is internal and unseen. And James here is focusing on the fruit of my salvation, which is external and visible to others. Um, But we don't only see this in James, as even Paul teaches about this, for example, in Galatians 5, where we read about the fruit of the Spirit. So these are two sides actually of the same thing, of the same coin, When Paul talks about works, he's talking about keeping the Jewish laws in order to become a believer. And he says, you you cannot do that. The works, they will not save you. When James uses the term works or deeds, he's talking about living like Jesus because you are already a believer. So comparing the term in both, one talks about the way to God, while the other one talks about reflecting our faith in God so what is real faith Um, james tells us first four things that really faith is not and sometimes it helps to understand what something is not in order to understand what it is and later he also uses two examples of what real faith really is now no matter if you believe that you're really serious about your faith or if you have doubts about your own faith you might use these points we use today as a kind of quiz for self-evaluation. And as we go through them today, to, to ask yourself, do I have these saving faith items in my life? Let's start with the first words of the passage today. Let me read it again in the New Living Translation. What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, but you don't show it by your actions? Can that kind of faith save anyone? Let's focus on the word say here. You might even circle the word say if you, if you take notes. What's the use of saying you have faith if you don't have any actions in your life? So this is the first thing James says, real faith is not. Real faith is more than just the words I say. I think we have a slide for that. Um, yeah, Faith is more than just like a, a memorized prayer. Probably we know the prayer. Um, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep, and so on. As we pray as children, or um, yeah, other prayers that we memorize. That doesn't mean if we pray those prayers that we are Christian. It doesn't mean that we really know the Lord. Even if you know the Lord's prayer by heart, <laughs> it doesn't make you a true follower of Christ. It's something you say. Repeating something i heard other people say doesn't mean that i have real faith. So let's listen carefully again. Claiming that i have faith or well knowing all of the christian phrases and words to use and the language that we use does not mean i really have God faith. Have you ever met somebody who sounded like a believer but their lifestyle was totally not in line with the words? Can be in church, can be outside of church. I know Christians who just seem also to focus on the words when somebody like a a church leader, a politician, a celebrity um, makes a a Christian statement, but their lives are totally different. Let's not be fooled by that. When the lifestyle of such a person does not match the words, I think it's legitimate to doubt their faith and not probably believe their words. So look out for the signs. Actually, there's even the, the phrase you probably know, actions speak louder than words, which comes really in place here. In Austria and in many other Western countries, the majority of people claim to be Christian. In Austria, I think it's about three-fourths. But do they act like it? Do we act like it? As a society, if there's so many Christians in that, do we respect each other the right way? Do we show Christian attitudes? Or do we just live the way we want it, no matter what? Do we label some celebrities as Christians just because they say something sounds like it? Let's be wise in, in discerning. So Jesus is saying, just because you say you have faith, doesn't mean you've got it. Real faith is more than just words. You might remember the passage in Matthew 25 that Hans Gehrig used last Sunday, where he talked about the sheep and the goats. And the difference was that the sheep, um, they were accepted in the, in the judgment because of, the, of their deeds they did, the good things they did, while the goats were rejected. Um, because of the things they have not been doing, although not being even aware of that. There's a similar passage in in Matthew 7, verse 21, where it says, Not all those who say, You are our Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. The only people who will enter the kingdom of heaven are those who do what my Father in heaven wants. It's not just what you say, but it's also what you do. I could say, for instance, (laughs) I'm a great dancer. Um, that wouldn't make it true. If I would start dancing right here, you would be able to tell that. Um, so what value is it if I just claim to be a good dancer and I'm not, it's just a phony thing. So what value is the fake faith? None. It's worthless. So real faith is more than just the words I say. And the second thing we learned from James today is that real faith is more than an emotion. I just feel He says that right right here in the next verse, that you can be inspired, you can be moved, you can have goosebumps and really be emotional about something and never really experience real faith. Um, Yeah, James gave us an example in this in James 2, verses 15 to 17. Let me read that again. Suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food or clothing, and you say, goodbye and have a good day, stay warm, eat well. But then you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that? You see, faith by itself isn't enough. Unless it produces good deeds, it is dead and useless. Actually, I trying to point it out when reading that. It seems James is a little sarcastic there. You go up to someone who's out of work, and we have probably plenty of people right now who don't have work or income uh, in, in, in these times. And... Yeah, someone who needs really food, and you go up to them and tell tell them, "Well, I feel for you. Hang in there. Don't worry. Cheer up." Probably even you throw in something like, "I'll pray for you," and you know they need food, and not just some of the phrases to comfort them. At that moment, what they really need is they need more the food than the prayer they need from you right now. You can say all that words, but if it's not accompanied, by deeds. If you're not displaying faith by your deeds, you don't really help. If I squeeze my finger in the door and I'm in pain and I can't get it out, <laughs> I'm not looking for your sympathy at that moment. I need you to help me get out my finger again. Um, yeah, if you just stand next to me and just say, Well, brother, I I sense your pain. I feel for you. Um, yeah, probably would just make me mad. <laughs> um, so, no real... F- Real faith is, is actually really practical. It gets involved with people's needs. But faith also concerns other emotions. Sometimes if I observe events or church services where people really seem to be moved, I know it's just me, but I catch myself sometimes wondering if, what, what really the center of this is. If it's, if it's still God at the center or if it's just about the experience, the emotion going on. As you know I, I love music I love worshiping the Lord with the help of music and 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 other musicians and singers and yeah Bob Chick who just died last uh, this week was a part of our music team for many years and yeah serving together in these ministries really brings joy and also helps you to uh, yeah focus on the Lord in, in a in a great way um, yeah but even if we're involved in worship, In singing our hearts out, in closing our eyes, in raising our hands, does not mean we really worship. I hope we are, but it's not an automatism. Not just because you do it, you really worship the Lord. It's not by the way we do it or we feel it, but only when our hearts are really set on the Lord. And it's not done by just the outward action or even not the inward emotion. So we learned that real faith is more than just the words we say and that it's more than just the emotion that we feel. Point three is that real faith is more than an idea that I debate. And James says that just in the very next verse again. For some people, faith is just an intellectual game. It's a mental challenge. It's a theology that you need to study or a doctrine that you debate about or a dogma to defend, or an idea to discuss, or maybe even a truth to talk about. But actually, for those, faith is not something you do, but something you have a conversation about. They love to talk about God and faith, and yeah, would be happy to debate any time. And it's all about conversation, but not the conduct. They would rather discuss the Bible than than do what the Bible says. They would rather debate theology than And in James 2.18, James imagines such an intellectual objector. So James 2.18, now someone may argue, some people have faith, others have good deeds. But I say, how can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? I will show you my faith by my good deeds. It's like a person saying, well, you're into doing good things. That's fine for you, but I'm into discussing good things. I want to talk about the Bible without practicing it and do something that's cool, that's great for you. But I don't want to get my hands dirty or do anything about my faith. I just like to discuss it. I don't want to obey God. I want to debate God. So, faith without any commitment is, again, fake faith. Um, Yeah, if you are are taking notes, you might want to emphasize in this passage the words, show me. Show me. Real faith is visible. You're not. If you have real faith, you cannot really hide it completely. Of course, God wants us to use our brains to defend our faith, but as a result of our true faith, not just debating about it. Faith like love is odorless. It's colorless. It's weightless. It's invisible. You can't see it. So how do you know somebody has real faith? James says there, well... Look at their lifestyle. It's not a show-off, but shown in a genuine way. It's Actually, faith is like calories. You don't see them, but you see the result. <laughs> Sometimes you see more of that. Um, <laughs> but as faith is invisible, it, it's got its results as well. So James says, show me your faith, and then I know it's real. If you claim to be a Christian, there's a way... And actually also needs to prove it. And the way that you prove it is by your actions. Others can see if you just live for yourself or if you're willing to help other people. Others can see and sense your character in there. Are you someone who has love? Someone who is known to forgive others? Or will others see you as someone who will be easily irritated and put too much importance on himself or herself And practicing their own desires first. The truth really is somebody as big as God cannot possibly come into your life without changing you visibly. Let's repeat it again. God can only, uh, if God really comes into your life, it's a great thing that happens. So it will change you on the outside. It's impossible not to be changed by God if he really is in you. We turn to 2 Corinthians um, 5, verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. We become new when God enters alive. Probably not overnight, in an instant. But surely our lives will be changed and shaped over time that we spend with God. And you know God when, is in your, is, when, when God is in your life because God changes you. Now, I want you to really think about the next question I want to ask. It is a question that I heard many years ago. Actually, when I was a child. That, well, a few months ago. No. Um, but it's still a question I have remembered from that old time. And I still find, find it very challenging. Right now, in most Western countries, you're not really persecuted for your beliefs. Maybe sometimes you're harassed, but not really persecuted. But the question is, if you were arrested for being a Christian, would there be enough evidence to convict you? If you were arrested for being a Christian, if that was the charge, that you were a Christian, would there be any evidence? Would there be enough evidence to convict you? Would people say about you, I really see the Christian attitude in his life. I really see the changes in, him, in his or her life. Real faith always produces a changed life. It is more than just what I say. It's more than an emotion. Real faith is more than just an idea. And now the fourth point, real faith is not. And this might even be surprising to some of you. Real faith is more than a truth, I believe. James 2, 19 to 20. You believe there is one God... Good, but the demons believe that too, and they tremble with fear. You foolish person, must you be shown that faith that does nothing is worth nothing? Faith in God is useless if you don't do what he wants you to do. If you come up and even boast probably and say, well, I believe in God, James says, so what? That's no big deal. Even the devil believes in God. Um, for those of you who have taken the EE training, the evangelism explosion training um, before, and we had that many, many years ago also here in church, you might remember this verse also from the outline there when it was describing what faith is not. And there in the outline, um, it was described as faith is not just the mere intellectual essence. The devil is too smart to be an atheist, actually. <laughs> he and the demons believe in God, but I don't believe you will find them in heaven. It is one thing to have had knowledge about God, and then it's another thing to love God, to obey God, to trust God, and to serve God. Maybe you go to church because you think it's the right thing to do, but you, know, but you didn't realize before that just going to church or even believing that God exists is not faith yet. So again, clearly saying, I believe in God, will not bring you into heaven. Even the devil believes that. That's why actually the devil wanted God's son to be killed. Paul also describes some people with just knowledge in Romans 1, verses 21 to 22, where he states that, For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God, nor gave thanks to him, but their thinking became futile, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools." So, as it might surprise you, but true faith does not also depend on a detailed theological statement or moral conviction. If you have real faith, it does not depend on what you believe about creation versus evolution or about the role of men and women in, in, in church or somewhere else. It does not depend on which Bible version to use. Or even worldlier things like what political party uh, is okay or what you believe about climate change or abortion and other things. Of course, they're important topics. And we believe, and, and what we believe about these things might be influenced by our faith. But they're not the basis of our faith. Just believing something in there doesn't make us believers or defending something there. It seems nowadays many churches and also people who claim that they're Christians have a very public opinion about these topics. But they still lack the foundational faith and the love in all that. Um, Of course, if we have true faith, we will talk about it. We will have emotions about it. We will debate it. And we will believe in certain truths. That's why we talked about the first four points as being more than that. But what is true faith? If it's not what I say, if it's not what I feel if it's not what I want to argue about, if it's not uh, just about the belief. So what is it? So let's come to point five. Real faith is something I do. As we mentioned before, faith is active and not passive. Faith is a commitment. Faith is a choice and faith is an action. Faith is something I do. Let me be clear. It's not just doing something and we and I said at the beginning we do not get saved by deeds but our faith is reflected in our deeds James 2:26 Just as the body is dead without breath so also faith is dead without good works As you might have noticed in the whole passage today James put a lot of emphasis on the word do We read things like, if you do nothing, what good does it do? Or, I'll show you my faith by by what I do. Or, faith in God is useless if you don't do what he wants you to do. Or another statement, faith that doesn't do anything is dead. This is the point he says over and over again. Faith shows up in my life, in my lifestyle. If there is no change, no impact in my life, then I probably don't really have faith. Then I have fake faith. It's just being a hypocrite. 1 Corinthians 16 verses 13 to 14. Be on guard. Stand firm in the faith. Be courageous. Be strong. And do everything with love. So what are you doing to stand firm in your faith? What are you doing that demonstrates your faith in Christ? Are you doing anything that demonstrates this faith? James ends his little essay on the difference between real faith and fake faith by giving us two examples of living by faith. And these two people were very different, and he took them from the Old Testament, and this was Abraham and Rehab. Um, and he used those two to demonstrate what real faith is like. Abraham. Yeah, as I said, they were different. They lived at different times, I think about 400 years apart from each other. Abraham was a man, Rehab a woman. Abraham was a, a rich man. Rehab was a poor prostitute. Um, if you read Abram's story that's found in Genesis, um, yeah, well, one day God comes to Abram and tells him, well, um, I want you to leave your country. And Ab- actually, Abram was not a God-fearing man. He was an idol wallet, uh, worshiper. And God says to him, well, follow me to a new location with all your family, all your belongings, and I want to make you into a great nation if you have faith in me. And Abraham just did that. And he became the father of the Jewish nation and actually also of the the Arab nations. Abraham trusted God without knowing where he would end up. He didn't ask God to first show him where he was going. He went to a place he had never seen, never been, Trusting a God he has never known before. And he acted on this faith. And also later he was tested again when God asked him to sacrifice his son. Which was just a test. But also Abraham trusted him in debt. Abraham's whole life with some short fallbacks was trusting God. Stepping out in faith. And James concludes the example of Abraham in the verses 22 to 23 where He says, you see that his faith and his actions were working together. They were a match. And his faith was made complete by what he did. And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. And he was called God's friend. Isn't that a great thing to be called God's friend? God wants to be a friend. But also we have to step across the line in faith like Abraham. And then James gives us the second example of rehab, which is found in Joshua chapter 2. Moses had led the Israelites of Egypt, and they were now ready to go into the new territory that was promised to them as the promised land. And they came up to Jericho, which was a giant, well-fortified city at the time. And the people in that city were scared of the Jews coming to them. And yeah, in order for to find out more about the city, the Jews sent some some spies into the city. And yeah, a prostitute living there, which was Rahab, she risked her life to save those spies. And because she risked her life to save God's people, she was well aware that these were God's people. God put her even in the genealogy of Jesus. Of all the ancestors of Jesus, we read. There were actually mentioned four women there. One of them was Rehab. And she was even, not a Jew, she was a foreigner. She was a prostitute. And she's in line with Jesus mentioned there. Her faith was more important than her background. Her faith was good enough for God. So no matter what your background is, God can use your life for good like Rehab. She risked her life to save others. She showed faith in action. Our faith is also demonstrated by what we do. Um, there's a true story about uh, a man. I think Pastor L told this many years ago as well. And he was a tightrope walker. And he was, his name was Charles Blondin. And he lived in the 19th century. And he was regarded as the best tightrope walker of his time. Nowadays, we probably would say a slackline walker or something. <laughs> um, but he was yeah, doing all these kinds of tricks in order to impress people. And one of his tricks that he mentioned he would do was to walk on a tightrope across the Niagara Falls. So he did that. He put up the tightrope. There were thousands of people watching and cheering. And he really stepped on the tightrope. He walked from one side to the other. And the people cheered. And he said, well, it's not enough. I can do it again. And he did it again. And he did even more tricks. He took a, a wheelbarrow. And he was rolling that on the tightrope from one side to the other. Then he put rocks in the wheelbarrow. He was rolling it to the other side again. And then he was asking the people, who were all cheering, well, do you believe I can do this again? He said, yes, of course, you have been doing it before. And he was asking, do you believe I could also do it with a person sitting in the wheelbarrow? And the people said, yes, you can do that. And they said, okay, you come forward. Nobody came. (laughs) They were all scared. So, yeah, just claiming that you believe somebody can do something is a different thing than really stepping in there. It's one thing to say it. It's one thing to feel it. It's one thing to debate it. It's one thing to claim to believe it. But metaphorically speaking, would you get into the wheelbarrow? Our behavior shows what we really believe. Faith fake is only sustained by human efforts. Like Johann's plastic flower we mentioned at the beginning... It might look good on the outside. It might look like the real thing. But in reality, it's dead. So what does that mean for us? Uh, 2 Corinthians thirteen five: Examine yourself to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Maybe you find out that you have been calling yourself a Christian for many years. And in reality, you have had fake faith. Maybe your life looks like the life of anybody else who is a non-believer even. Have you really stepped across the line? Have you set the action? And if so, it ought to show up in your life. Um, Probably you remember the fruit of the Spirit series I preached about a few years ago. I also mentioned back then, if the fruit of the Spirit is not visible in you, there's really a big problem with your faith. If others cannot see any hint of real faith in you, besides probably you claiming that you have faith, probably you joining a Bible study, or probably even posting some Bible verses on social media now and then, you better examine your life and your relationship with God again. Real faith does not mean that we perfectly act on every single moment as we still have our human imperfections. But we have a foundation that we return to because we are grounded in it. I'm glad to say that as a child I had people in my life who were mentors to me. Probably even without their knowledge. But there were people I was sure about their faith. And because of their lifestyle and their character. I knew this was the real thing. And as we heard before, real faith does not stay underground or undetected. There are no Christian UFOs. Real faith causes us to act. Serving others is one part of that. Faith in action has many facets and is fueled by the love we have through Christ. It is seen in the way we deal with other people, in our eagerness to spend our time, how we use our time in general, but also our time with God to learn more about Him. It is seen in how we manage the priorities in our life. It is seen in the way we take responsibility. And as our vision for this year is for our churches, a serving heart. I also want to emphasize that real faith is also seen in our service. If we love God, this will cause us to love others and not wanting to just live for ourselves. Our attitudes will result in investing our lives in others and wanting to be active for God. Serving others can be done in many ways. One of them, but not the only one, is also serving in your home church. This church, as many as many other churches, need people who serve. Churches need people to carry out what God wants the church to be. Not for yourself, but for others, believers as well as non-believers, for God himself. Only when people do serve, then others will see faith in action. Just imagine if everybody was coming to church and would just sit down, sing the songs, listen to the sermon, enjoy themselves, and just go home again. There wouldn't be any impact. Actually, if you really think everybody would be doing that, there would be no church. Nobody would place. No people would welcome others or they would talk with with each other. Nobody would prepare material for small groups prayer times sunday school coffee times whatever no one would, would take responsibility for the singing for the preaching or for having a heart for evangelism for going out to reach people so especially if grace church is your church and you have not been involved i want to encourage you to get active i myself have experienced and also seen in others that even if you don't know how and what to do god can use your step of faith into action as a wonderful opportunity, not only to make you a blessing to others, but also to build and prepare you for, for other things, other tasks, by starting to serve in your local church. That way your character will be built and the church will be strengthened, not only on the inside. Let's not only focus on the church itself, but also to reach out and tackle the tasks that go beyond the church. Let's say it clearly again. Works do not save you. You can't earn or, or work your way into heaven. The works are not the root of your salvation, but they are the fruit of your salvation. They don't make you a Christian. They show you are a Christian. No matter of your past, no matter what you have done in your life, forgiveness of God is available. As the last passage I want to turn to today. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 2 verses 8 to 10 where it says for by grace you have been saved through faith and this is not from yourselves it is the gift of God not by works so that no one can boast for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. Note, that the, note the three steps there. We are saved by grace, we are saved through faith, and we are saved for a life of good works. Do you have all three parts in your life? If you are saved by grace and if you are saved through faith, it's going to show up in your life. The order here is important by grace, through faith, for deeds. God has planned your life to make a difference. And as a final reflection, just ask yourself probably a few questions. As I mentioned before, we can use this as a quiz to find out more about our own faith. Let's ask Am I really a Christian? Have I put my faith in God? And how do I know that I have faith? What changes can you point to in your life, actually? How has God shaped you? How is this faith visible? Is my lifestyle any different from unbelievers? If you find that your faith is not real, and this doesn't matter if you're just visiting here or if you have been a churchgoer for all your life, Let's turn to God. Let's move our the, the faith a step forward. Stepping over the line. Trusting God really with everything. And if, if that's what you want to do right now, you can just pray with me as we close the service. Let's bow our heads. Lord, if I found out that My faith is fake. I I don't want to have fake faith. I want to really trust you. I want you to change my life for good. I don't just want to talk, but I want to walk with you. I want my life to be different. I want my life to be what you made it to be, what you want it to be. I want to know the purpose of my life, and I'm asking you to change me. I want to learn to trust you and to follow you like Abraham and Rehab. Jesus, I give you my life completely. And I pray this in your name. Amen. Let's continue to pray. Lord, we just thank you that your grace is so great. Your love is so great that you want fellowship with us, that you want to save us. We thank you that you have made a way that we can not only have fellowship with you, but really be with you for all eternity by faith. We just thank you for all the people that have had this faith and where we can learn from. We thank you that we still have a free will, but we know that you want us to um, put you on the first, uh, as, as our priority, Lord, the first place in our lives. Help us with our faith where we find out that, um, yeah, we still need to grow. Make our faith visible to others. Help us to have the right priorities. Let us not boast in what we do, but let us rejoice in what we do. Because you are the one who enables us, who gives us all the, the gifts even to do that. You are the one who gives us our legs, our hands, our breath, our our mouths and all our brains and everything else. So we know that it all belongs to you, Lord. Make us a testimony to other people. Not for our own sake, but for your sake. Help us to not be self-centered, but seek what you seek in people. We thank you. We trust you, Lord. Lord, We want to always stay close to you as you are the one who guides and leads us through your spirit in order to bring the fruit that we cannot bring ourselves. May you be glorified. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.